Today, we're starting a little two-part series called um, We Are Here. Uh, and it's really just going to take the next two weeks, this week and next, and unpack why we exist as a church and where we're going. Uh, and if you've been around, you're part of Awakening, what I hope is this is kind of like a recalibration for your heart. This is kind of like, hey, this fresh, let's get in uh, this together. You know, I, I had a whole intro about New Year's uh, resolutions, but none of you like them, so I scrapped that. So, but hey, let's get in this together uh, type deal. And, and, and if you're brand new, this is a fantastic time to be here because you're going to hear what we're about, where we're headed, why we're doing what we're doing. Now, one of the things that I realized was um, the title is a little confusing. Uh, when we titled it, it made so much sense. Jay and I are sitting at the Starbucks because that's our office, you know, and so we're sitting talking, and we're like, we are here. But I realized if we don't explain the title, it sounds kind of self-inflated, doesn't it? It's like, hey, we are here, and it's like we need attention of some, and that's not what we're trying to say. Uh, or we are here, and like, you know, we finally arrived. We've been this church plant for a long time, and so now we're, here we are, you know, and that's not what we're trying to say at all, or, you know, kind of, we are here, and so um, we have something to say, um, and I think, I think, I think, I think we have something to say, or really God has something to say, and he's using that, but that's not where the title comes from. You know where the title comes from? It, it comes from uh, that place in the mall. Any, anybody go to the mall recently? Anybody hate the mall? Love Costco, hate the mall, okay? I mean, come on. And I went to the mall with my son Ryder. I only made it to the mall once in the entire month of December, and wow, that was terrible decision, but the only reason I went there was because my iPhone was broken, and literally, the only thing that was wrong with it, I go in there, and the guy takes a little, like, uh, pick, and he picks out lint. I couldn't charge my phone. I'm like, I could have done that at home, but I couldn't call anybody to ask because my phone wasn't charged, and so Ryder and I are at the mall, and, and you know that place in the mall when you're kind of lost, you don't know where you're going, but you want to go somewhere, and it has that sign on it, and it has, like, this boxes that are color-coded, and it's got numbers on it, and has stores like Macy's and whatever other stores that are in the mall, I'm not really sure what those are, are there, and then it has right on that sign, you, you, we've all done this, we've all gone there, it has like, what, what's, it, what's it say, that star, that circle, what's that say? You are here. And, and so the, what this series is about is really talking about we are here, and identifying where we're at, and where we want to go. See, because when you and I stand in front of that sign, when we stand there together, there's something that you and I, is that you and me, you and I, okay, something that we do automatically, intuitively. There's, I was working on my grammar right there, right in front of everybody. There's something that we do automatically, okay? There, it just is. You, it's so natural, you don't even think about it. Now, I, to set this up, let me just give you kind of the big idea uh, for today and for the next two weeks, and, and we're going to kind of unpack it. Now, here's the thing. It is so painfully obvious that you're going to wonder why you woke up this morning and went to church, but then you'll smell the tacos, and you'll go, okay, at least that was 
worth it. Okay, so here, here's the big idea. Don't shoot me, but here it is. I know you know this. We're all smart people. You've done this. Every single one of us has done this when we stood in front of that sign in the mall. And here's the big idea. Every destination requires navigation. I, I know. No one, no one like, gave an amen there. I was kind of disappointed. No one was like, oh man, that solved all the problems of my life. Thank you very much. I'm so glad I came to church. I woke up. But every destination, any place you want to go in life, requires navigation. So as I'm at the mall with Ryder, I realized there's really three fundamental laws of navigation. Three things that you do and I do uh, intuitively that we always operate in to get anywhere. If we want to go somewhere, if we want to arrive at a specific destination, there's three things that we have to do. Now, again, you know this. This isn't new. This isn't the part where you go, oh, I I hope there is that point, but we'll get to that in a second, because I think there's something deeply profound here as we uh, unpack this really simple, simple, obvious concept. The first law of navigation, if we're going to get to our destination, is simply this. We got to define our desired destination. You know, I'm at the mall, I'm with Ryder, and my desired destination is the Apple store. And you have to ask the question, where do we want to go? Where do we want to land? Where is the destination that we're headed? You have to have that pinpointed, and you know where you're going. The second law is simply then, you have to pinpoint your current location. You have to pinpoint or identify your present location. You have to take, you have to look on that map, and you're standing there, and you're looking, okay, Apple Store is over here, and then you got that, and everything, every GPS tells you always where you are at. You go, in light of where I want to go, here is where I am currently at. Now, here's what I think is interesting about navigation, just just, just a little sidebar. You notice that when you're lost, it's oftentimes not because you don't know where you want to go. It's because you don't know where you are. You just notice that? Like, you're driving and all of a sudden you're lost. You know you want to end up there, but you look around and the landscape changed in such a way that you go, I have no idea where I am. Am. And don't we do that in life sometimes? We get married and we go, the landscape's changed, and I have no idea where I am. We change jobs and we ch- move. I look up, the landscape's change. And it's not because we don't, didn't start with the dream, we didn't start with the destination. It's all of a sudden we don't know. The landscape around us changed, and we looked up, and we haven't identified our current location in light of where we want to go, and we look up and we're lost, aren't we? And law number three says this. So, identify your desired destination, pinpoint your present location. And in law three, we all do this, and as I there with um, Ryder, chart the course. You look at it, and you go, okay, here's where we're at. There's the Apple store. Ryder, here's where we're at in the middle of the food court. Not a bad place to be uh, in a mall. And how do we get and navigate to where we want to be. Every destination requires navigation. Now, let me add a couple words to that. Every meaningful destination requires intentional navigation. 
Let me just ask you this. Let me ask you a question. Why isn't, now I don't have an answer to this, okay? Why isn't in the areas of our life that matter most, we rarely apply the laws of navigation? If it's true that every meaningful destination requires intentional navigation, why is it that in our life we rarely apply the laws of navigation? Something that when we walked in, and as I explained, nothing, nothing, nothing that I said was new to you. You do it automatically. In fact, you did it this morning to get here to church. You showed up, you woke up, and you did it so automatically. You knew where you currently are at. You're at your home or wherever you're at, and you charted a course to get here to the final destination. We do it in such minor things from point A to point B, but something happens. There's a disconnect in our life, isn't it, that we miss that when we're talking about our future when we're talking about the person we long to become, when we're talking about our marriage, when we're talking about our kids, every meaningful destination requires, demands an intentional navigation. Now, some of us have taken part of the step, haven't we, when we're talking about uh, destination, or, or navigation. We, and we start out, and this is where we often start, isn't it? You, you get married, you've clearly defined, and when you first get married, you have a definition, you have a picture in your mind of the destination, right? You have a, what we call it, a dream. You have a dream for what that marriage could be. When you start a family, you have a dream for what that marriage or what your family could be. When you start off and you start school, you have a dream for what your life could be and should be. We have a picture, and here's what happens, is we start with that picture and we begin to clarify the destination, but because we don't apply any of the other laws of navigation, we look back five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, And that dream seems like a distant, distant thing in the past. It seems unattainable and far away. See, because it's not just enough to apply one law. You know that. We know that. If you're driving, trying to get anywhere, you have to apply all three laws. You have to define the desired destination. You have to pinpoint your present location and, and then chart the course to get from where you're at to where you long to be. Think about this. To get and have the marriage you long to have from where you're at to where you long to be. To have the type of relationships that you long to have from where you're at from where you long to be. To have the type of family. To become the person, become the man or woman you ultimately long to be and God designed you to be. You and I must, we must, apply the laws of navigation. It doesn't just happen. See, that's where we buy into it in life, isn't it? We buy into that one concept of, I'll just get there. It'll work out. It doesn't just happen. Every destination requires navigation. Now, here's what's amazing. The Bible actually speaks on all of this, talks about it over and over. In fact, here's what's amazing. Jesus teaches on all of this. In fact, his last words 
his final words on this planet before he leaves his disciples. We find it in two different places, in Matthew 28 and Acts 1. He unpacks two of the three laws of navigation. He unpacks the law of destination. We find that in Matthew 28. We call it the Great Commission. And then he unpacks charting the course. How do we get from where we currently are to where we long to be? If you would, would you open your Bibles to Matthew 28, and we're going to look at the destination, at least defined by God, and how he would define the destination for us. Uh, Now, here's what's important. If we answer this well, individually, we will become the church God longs and dreams for us to become. If you and I answer this question, and we begin to chart the course, we begin to navigate this individually, naturally, as a church, we will begin to move and become the church he's designed us to become. It isn't just like, hey, we're a part of this group. It is all of us saying, you know what, we're a part of the most meaningful thing on the planet. And we begin to embrace who God has called us, we can embrace the destination. Jesus says, this is where we're headed. And we go, hey, if we all do that, just imagine, just imagine what God might want to do. Now, if you got your Bibles, open them up, Matthew 28, and Jesus starts out, this is the destination, this is the desired destination, and he starts out with a big statement. Right before, I'm trying to get to Matthew, so I'm going to talk a little bit as I flip Right before he's going to ascend into heaven, his last marching orders to his disciples. Wow, it's, there we go. Now it says this, in Matthew verse, uh, 28, verse 18. And then Jesus came to them and said to them, last words, get it. Now we, if you've been around Awakening, you've heard this, we, I think I've taught this three times this passage already in a year and a half. We like it, Okay. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All control, all power, all reign. I am the king of heaven and of earth. Now, if we use our terminology, you know what Jesus is saying right there? You know what he's saying? Jesus is saying, guess what? I am the navigator. I'm the king. I'm the navigator. I'm the one. I have all authority and all control. I have all dominion. I am the navigator. I get to set the destination. When I was a um, a kid, we had an unwritten code in our house. Uh, Really, it was a pecking order, if you will, and uh, maybe you had a similar thing if you had siblings, and so I have twin older brothers. They're six years older than me, so I mean, they could really kind of beat up on me pretty good. And so we had um, a TV in the family room, and I, I would be sitting watching TV and probably watching some cartoon, and anybody, anybody experienced this before? And I'd have the control, and my older brother would walk in, and I learned early on that to not abide by the unwritten code or our pecking order caused a lot, a lot of pain, right? And so I learned early on, the minute my brothers walked in, I didn't even have to look up at them, I just threw the control up right? And they would catch it. 
and then they would turn it to whatever they wanted to watch. And, and that, they had the control, and they got to watch whatever they wanted to watch. They got it by force because they would beat the snot out of me. Then, then, then my dad would walk in. Now, my dad didn't have to take it by force. Just by nature, he's dad. And there was just this kind of awe oh, and reverence. He kind of commanded it. And he would walk in, and the pecking order then went, and the control just naturally flipped out of their hand to my dad, and he would kind of flip it to ESPN or whatever it was he was watching. You know what's interesting about it is whoever holds the control gets to determine the channel you watch, right? I mean, whoever holds the control is really the one going to set in the direction. Perhaps one of the most important questions, I'd say the most important question you ask in 2014 is who is holding the control? Who is navigating your life? Now here's, here's why this is such a big, big deal. Because whoever is navigating, whoever holds the control, listen, listen, is setting the destination of your life. Whoever holds the control, whoever's navigating, is setting the course for your marriage, is setting the destination for your relationship, is setting the destination for who you will become. Who, who is holding the control? Who is navigating? I mean, is it you? Something I self-made. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's, maybe it's your kids. They just, they hold the control and they lead the whole thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's fear. And fear holds the control and you can't move forward. Maybe it's other people's opinion. You capitulate and this whole, you know, you know, season of holidays was one of those things where you, it was obvious you do not hold the control and other people are setting the destination for your life. Whoever, whoever holds the control sets the destination for your life. Who is holding control. Now, Jesus says this, I have all the authority. Here's what we believe as Christians. If you can predict your death and resurrection, then you have the right to set the destination. All right? I mean, come on. If you can predict that your death and resurrection, you then have the right to set the destination. You have the right. You should be holding the controls. See, what, what you need to know, starting off, right off the bat, is Jesus doesn't want you to invite him to be a part of your life. Jesus wants to have control of your life. Doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it make sense that if he did what he said he did, it would be the most reasonable thing on the face of the planet than to trust him with the destination of your life? Now, he goes on and says, okay, I, I have all authority in heaven and earth, but then he says something, and he tells us, what is the destination? Now, for those of us that are, you know, kind of grew up in church world, or even outside, you didn't grow up in church world, but you kind of think you have an idea about this whole, you know, 
church people, isn't the destination obvious? I mean, we talk about the destination is heaven, right? I mean, come on, the destination is heaven. And we kind of operate in American church world this way, heaven. Heaven is the destination. And so we just kind of sit like a 747 that's just kind of flying around over top. And we're just waiting until everything clears out and then God restores everything and we're going to land. And we just kind of sit and wait. Notice what Jesus says the destination is. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. In your text there, uh, the go is literally a participle. It's translated, it has the kind of force of a command, but it's just a participle there. So literally what it is, therefore, while you're going, and I don't mean to pick on this translation too much, but uh, the word make is not in the original Greek. That's how we kind of, in English, make it have the force of an imperative. It is a command. If you want to just kind of have a real kind of fluid translation, therefore, as you go, disciple. Therefore, as you go about life, disciple all nations. So it's not a making, it it is not an event, it is a way of life. This is how life is to be lived. This is the destination. The destination isn't heaven out there somewhere, I'm going to sit and wait. The destination is disciple. I'm going to live life in such a way that it brings and advances heaven here on earth. The destination isn't to wait for heaven to somehow come later on, and we're going to do that. Jesus says, for you and I, the destination is that we would live in such a way that heaven extends and it explodes onto this planet through us. Really good place for an amen, by the way. Guys, come on. It's the new year, but I know. Okay. You, you know the gospel of Matthew, that what we're in, he writes about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven than any other writer does. And, and, and when we talk about that, when we kind of hear it and we grow up in church, we automatically think heaven, don't we? We automatically think later. Jesus talked about it. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's present tense. It's now. It's here because I am here. Jesus is present. And he came to inaugurate. The Jewish people were not waiting for a later someday heaven. They were waiting for God to step into time, space, human history, and to bring about his kingdom, tangible, real, not one day, someday, now. See, the destination, friends, is not that we one day, someday, we kind of are in this holding pattern waiting, and one day God will kind of show up in heaven, and it'll be great. He says, no, the destination is not heaven, it's disciple. It's to extend heaven now, that your way of life would extend heaven into your home. Your way of life would say that Jesus is the king. He does have all the control, and that he is the rightful king, and wherever he is allowed to be king, his kingdom is reigning and advancing, and that you would begin to live that in such a way that your kids would be forever shaped by it. Your co-workers would be transformed by it. Your neighborhood would be changed by it. That it just begins to exude out of us. That is the destination for us as a church, and that is the destination for you and me. And he says, how does this look? What does it look like? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That idea of baptism it is the public proclamation that I have stepped from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son he loves. And we've stepped and transferred into a new kingdom reality. One where you love those who persecute you, you pray for those who hate you, where you extend grace and love and peace and hope to the hopeless. That is his kingdom. 
It says, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he says this. Would you help people begin to align their life in the way life was meant to be? That's all teaching them to obey everything. If God is the author of how life's meant to be, then it makes most sense to trust him with how to do life. Now, I love this because as we're talking about this and we're talking about starting off the new year, this is such a massive concept. This is such a big deal for us as Americans because honestly, that control we like to hold, don't we? I mean, we love it. And it's frightening to let go of it. To, to go, okay, God, uh, Jesus, I give you control of my life. You can have your way. I mean, that's scary, isn't it? And we rest in the going. And that's why he follows it up with this. And surely I'm with you. Even to the very end of the age. See, it is not that Jesus is the navigator and the king that's off in distance, and he says, here's the course, here's the destination, figure it out, get there. He says, I am with you all of the way. I understand there's unknowns. I understand it's scary. I understand some, there's some things that you're not sure how it's going to work with your family and some changes. I, don't, I know that you're wondering and wrestling how it's going to look like at your workplace and at your school, and here's what you need to know. I am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am with you. If you'll step into this, if you'll make just the most critical decision of 2014, maybe a fresher for the first time, where you say, God, I give you control. says, as you step into that, and as you bring heaven to earth, what you need to know, Jesus says, I'm with you. Every step of the way, you'll experience my presence and my power like you never have before. See, it's that fundamental choice and point for us as a church. The reason most of us are apathetic and haven't really experienced the Christian life is because we've never gotten to the point where we cross the line and say, I am all in. You have the control. Here it is. I trust you. You did what you said you did. I trust you. And you get to experience, as we sung earlier, the God who's able. I'm going to skip our present location and talk about that next week. And just kind of skip to the end here. There's some applications for you to do what you need to do, but... Let me ask you, how about you? If, if, if the truth is, every destination requires navigation. If it's really true that every meaningful destination requires intentional navigation, how about you? Where are you at? 
I, I mean, I, I think if we're honest, most of us, we've just kind of been drifting in life, hoping. And would you consider, as we start the new year as a church, where we're headed as a church, that our destination is to bring and advance heaven here in the city, at the school, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, to extend the love and grace and hope of Jesus. And you can't extend it until you've experienced it personally. And that you would take the moment now and you would say, okay, God, I'm tired of trying to do it my own way. I'm tired of trying to fake it until I make it and it's not working. And I keep looking back and the destination is getting further away. How about you? Would you take this moment, starting afresh, God, you have control with my marriage. You set the destination with my kids. You set the destination in how I work and how I... You set the destination what type of man. I long for heaven to break into my neighborhood. And you just start afresh here. This morning, in this place. I believe, I sincerely believe, this could be one of the most pivotal moments in your life where you look back and say, January 5th, 2014 was a life changer for me, and it reset the course and destination of my entire life. And choice is yours.